This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're going to be talking about retirement planning for the high net worth. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had lots of different shows where we've talked about retirement planning in general, and we've dived into some of the deeper details on certain aspects of it. But we're going to address a few things that are specific to people who actually have more money that are some things that they struggle with in retirement that are a little bit more unique to actually having larger amounts of wealth. So with me today, I have Amy McFarlane. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Mary. Welcome. Or you're welcome for (laughs) me being here. (laughs) Good. (laughs) All right. So here's the thing is that there is an assumption out there that people who are wealthy don't actually struggle in retirement. And the truth of it is, is that every human being out there has some kind of fear or issue or Mm -hmm. challenge connected to money. It just might be different than yours. (laughs) So um, one of the biggest fears that wealthy people have when it comes to retirement is that they are maybe even more concerned about protecting their wealth because they have so much more of it. So they have mm-hmm. a different sense of having a lot more to lose than mm-hmm. somebody else might. Okay. Um, and because they're higher net worth, they often have not had to deal with as many of the day-to-day money challenges for quite some time that other people might find to be a little bit more normal. So they don't always see some of the things that can destroy financial comfort for people such that, you know, they're not worried necessarily about outliving their assets. So they don't factor that into their spending as much. Sure. They're not as worried about withdrawing funds too quickly because they have a lifestyle where they've gotten used to the fact where there's just always money there. So um, a lot of times high net worth people don't pay as much attention to that spending strategy, and they're underestimating that their retirement needs might be higher than what they think. So let me explain to you what I mean by this. Let's just say that you're 60 years old and you retire. Okay. And let's say that you want to have an income each year of $200,000. All right. Now, first of all, in today's day and age, that is not an extravagant number. There are many, many clients that we work with that spend well more than that a year, okay? But here's the thing that makes this really tricky for higher net worth people is that inflation bites them harder (laughs) because you're working with bigger numbers. Sure. Right? Sure, it's taking a bigger chunk. Yeah. So by the time someone goes from age 60 to age 95 with a 4% inflation factor, $200,000 today will turn into $798,000 of need by the time you're 95. So that's a crazy number, right? Mm -hmm. You've gone from a need of $200,000 a year to $800,000 a year. And if you have a pool of money, even if you're wealthy, when you start thinking about it in terms of, well, I'm going to spend $800,000 a year instead of two, you're going to start to see things dwindle much more quickly than you necessarily had anticipated. Sure. So the pure impact of inflation for higher net worth people is it's just a much bigger impact and it's not something that they're thinking about because it's not something that they have had to address in their more recent past. Sure. So essentially, Mary, you're saying um, 
at a 4% interest rate in 20 years, it cuts your dollar down to less than half of what it was. Oh, yeah. More like a fourth. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So <clears throat> the other thing is that higher net worth people often tend to underestimate the need for long-term care or nursing home insurance. Okay. So let me be really clear about this. I think that there are certain parameters that are people who need to consider, like a nursing home insurance type of of piece in their puzzle. So if you have less than $300,000 of retirement savings, I'm not sure you need to spend the money on nursing home insurance because if you have a chronic illness, the truth of it is you're probably going to spend down your retirement savings in its entirety. And I I don't say that to belittle that amount. It's just math. Mm -hmm. If you have more than $3 million, then the truth of it is you probably are living a retirement lifestyle where you could carve out $50,000, $60,000, $70,000 a year in order to fund a nursing home stay. So you might be able to generate enough income from a portfolio if you're more wealthy that you don't need the insurance coverage. It's those people in the middle between 300,000 and 3 million that if they especially if they're married that a chronic illness or a nursing home stay can completely obliterate their retirement plan mm-hmm. especially for a surviving spouse who might be healthy and live for 20 years beyond them sure right now <clears throat> that being said I'm using 3 million dollars as my guide here but let's say that you retired with 3 million dollars and now 20 years later You've spent a lot of it and you only have a million left. (laughs) And then you and your spouse need to both go into a care facility. That's where a high net worth person becomes a low net worth person. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's where that tricky part of long-term care planning comes into play. It's if you have spent down your portfolio significantly by the time you need care, then it's a different spin on why you need that care. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, and Amy, you have a background in working for an assisted living facility. Mm-hmm. I know there's lots of different levels of care and types of living situations mm-hmm. that people encounter, but I'm assuming you ran into that on a pretty frequent basis. Yeah, um, and a lot of people that wouldn't normally be able to afford um, long-term care were because they did have the policies from way back, but um, that is not the way it is all the time Mm -hmm. either. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that comes in with your care is if you become a two-person assist, in other words, it takes two people to get you out of bed or Mm -hmm. whatever, um, the only care you can have is in a nursing home. You cannot, you can no longer stay in an assisted living facility. And it's, Mm, it's you just don't want to have to go there if you don't have to. Generally, you know, it's a disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, a bad fall. Yeah. But it happens to so many people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a pretty common thing to have to deal with. So that's the thing that I want to point out. If you are a high net worth person listening to this is that don't underestimate the impact of long-term care on your overall estate in your portfolio. And also, you know, the the higher net worth people tend to select facilities that are more expensive. So that can mm-hmm. magnify the issue too, right? Mm-hmm. You want a single room, you might want it at a, a posh place, you know, instead of it being $50,000 a year, maybe your cost is $90,000 mm-hmm. a year. And so when you're making those choices, they have significant impact on your portfolio. Yes. And those are what we, those kinds of places um, 
are considered private pay generally anyway. Oh, yeah. It's all out of pocket. Yep, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So, okay, another issue um, that people face who are high net worth when they're planning for retirement is that they tend to focus continuing on wealth accumulation, and they don't make the shift at the same time when it comes to wealth preservation. Okay. Okay. And so um, the lack of focus on wealth maintenance in retirement is an issue that's more particular to high net worth people. They're usually willing to take more risk with their portfolios Mm -hmm. because they have more money. So there's a little bit of an invincibility factor that comes into it. Sure. Right. But the truth of it is that the success long term of your portfolio in a retirement setting, one of the key factors in that is called the sequence of returns. Okay, and and that is not something that a lot of people are out there talking about. So if you're a high net worth person, I want you to really listen to this. Sequence of return risk means that if you happen to have negative returns in the first, say, three to five years of your retirement, then the chances, the probability of you running out of money just got hugely bigger. Right. Your long term success in retirement I don't want to say it hinges on that, but it's a big part of your hinge. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have negative returns in that first five-year period of retirement, it forever impacts the entire rest of your life, Mm -hmm. and people don't pay enough attention to that. And the reason is, if you have to sell pieces of your portfolio to live on when the market's down, Mm -hmm. when that sequence is, you know, if the negative returns are at the beginning of your Mm -hmm. sequence, you're selling at a low instead of at a high, and you can never make that back up. Right. And and when you look at the long term impact of it, it's astonishing for people to see how big of an impact that can make. So what's really critical, especially for high net worth people, is to address the sequence of return risk and make sure they have positioned assets in such a way that the income that they might draw during times of economic downturn or down markets is coming from sources that are not locking in equity losses. Mm. Sure. So that's a huge factor and something that many high net worth people are absolutely unaware of and are not talking about with their financial advisors to make sure that their income planning during retirement is coming from the right place in their big portfolio. Sure. So. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break. I do want to just let people know, though, since we're talking about the topic of retirement, that we have five copies of my book, Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger, available to give away to listeners today. So if you're a high net worth person and you're thinking about retirement, you want to make sure that you address all of these issues, then just reach out via phone or website at sterkfinancialservices.com and request a copy of that book. And we'll be giving that away to uh, the first five people. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Today's topic is retirement planning for the high net worth. And um, one of the things that is um, super interesting to me because we work with a lot of high net worth people is everybody does behave a little bit differently when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes high net worth people are people who are very focused on status You know, they have the most extravagant house. They have half a dozen really expensive cars. Um, They're very public about what they're doing with their money, where they're going on trips and things like that. And then there is a whole nother contingent of people who are not 
outwardly focused on status symbols, but yet might have just as much, if not more wealth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's multiple ways that people kind of show. Sure. <laughs> flying under the radar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wealth that they have. But the truth of it is that when you're retiring and you're high net worth, the wisest high net worth retirees tend to live as if they're much poorer. <laughs> Hello, Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doesn't he still live in the same brick house? I, I believe so. You know, that he has I lived in forever. So. Yeah. <laughs> he could like buy the entire city yeah. of Omaha and he still lives in the same house. <laughs> a creature of habit. Yeah, exactly. And and what's interesting is I see this in a, in a lot of ways. Like, for instance, let's talk about cars. Some people spend money on very expensive vehicles. You see $100,000, $150,000 vehicles. And some people don't. Some people choose not to have that be like their status symbol. Yeah. They want the practical. Right. Yeah. For instance, I um, have driven many different cars. My last car was a Lexus, but my current car is an Impala. And it has nothing to do with being able to afford a car. It's that I have clients who sell Chevrolets and I want to do business with the clients that do business with me. And that's why I made that decision. So for me, a car is not a status symbol, but for many high net worth people, it is. You know, and so, but when you are in retirement, it's the status piece of it is something that you're, you'll be more successful in retirement long-term financially if you start to pull away from some of those big time status symbols. Sure. Does that make sense? Yes. So. Yes, Yes, it does. There's a book called The Millionaire Next Door. Okay. And, um. Now, for one thing, being a millionaire is no longer considered high net worth. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have more than one oh. million to be considered high net worth. But the millionaire next door is all about the idea that, that all around you are people that have significant amounts of money that probably are millionaires or multimillionaires, but you wouldn't know it by the car that they drive or the house that they live in or the watch that they have on their wrist. Yes. Right? Well, look at, yeah, right, right, you're right. So. I remember reading in the paper about a gentleman who died quietly and gave all his millions to right. charities that funded children. Yes. You know? What a great story. Yeah. yeah. And didn't want any of the accolades for it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a great segue into estate planning because high net worth people have some interesting estate planning issues that not everybody else faces. And one of the big ones is the estate tax issue. Okay. Okay. So if you're a high net worth person, basically, roughly the first five and a half million for you can get passed down to another generation without estate taxes at the federal level. Now, if you're married, you each have five and a half million, roughly. So between the two of you, there's maybe about $11 million that you can pass down. So if your estate is less than that, then from a federal estate tax purpose, that's not something you have to worry about. But high net worth people frequently run into this issue. Now, another thing that they also run into is if you are childless, if you don't have children of your own, then there is also often state taxes state inheritance taxes that can come into play too. And every state is different. So wherever you are listening to this, you'll want to look at what those rules are because they're going to impact your overall estate planning. And the entire reason to do estate planning is to get your stuff down to the people that you love. Mm -hmm. Or the organizations that resonate with you, right? Right. And to do it without diluting the money that you've built your whole life Mm -hmm. down to a smaller number. Sure. That's the point, 
really, right. is to preserve it and pass it on. Okay. So the sustaining of the wealth is a big issue for high net worth people. And one of the tricky pieces of it is that there is so much research that indicates that wealth is squandered by the second or third generation. Mm -hmm. So you might work all your life and have built something amazing and have millions of dollars when you die. And if, if your next generation hasn't learned good lessons about money, they can squander it and have it be gone. And then your grandchildren could be living back in squalor. (laughs) Comforting, comforting. Not what most people want to have happen, right? Mm -hmm. So there are many um, strategies that people use to, number one, mitigate estate taxes, but also to try to prevent this squandering of money by future generations. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, we've done a past show that's called Control from the Grave. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go out to our website at strictfinancialservices.com or go to iTunes and download it off of our podcast because the, um, the truth is that higher net worth people, if they put some controls from the grave into it, it's less likely that that second or third generation will squander the money. Sure. Yep. But that's definitely something that's unique to the higher net worth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Another thing that is unique to higher net worth individuals when it comes to retirement planning is that a lot of their portfolio is tied up in something that's illiquid meaning they can't just convert it to cash very easily, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So it's owning land, it's owning real estate, other assets like business ownership that you can't necessarily convert easily to cash. Mm -hmm. So you might have a net worth on paper of millions of dollars, but if you can't get your hands on cash to live on, that's not exactly what you want your retirement plan to be like. Oh, sure. Right? Mm -hmm. So I had one client who said they were the poorest rich person that they knew. (laughs) Because they couldn't get their hands on any. They couldn't get their hands on the right amount of cash to live on because everything was tied up in illiquid things. So I was like, "Mm, interesting. You know, you're going to have to make decisions about either adjusting your lifestyle, which is not what they wanted to do, or you're going to have to figure out how to unload some of these hard assets that are illiquid in order to free up cash to live on. Mm -hmm. But those are the types of choices that not everybody has to make. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that there's anything to, you know, feel sorry about if you have to decide if you're going to sell your $5 million lake house (laughs) in order to retire. Maybe that's a choice you want to make. (laughs) But that's fine. Because what you need to do is you need to be able to have income streams Mm -hmm. in retirement. And if everything is illiquid, then it's not really easy to do that. Right. So, okay. The last thing that I want to talk about that's unique to retirement planning for the high net worth is um, the concept of taking foolish risk. And in no way am I suggesting that high net worth people are all foolish. What I'm saying is that when you have larger amounts of money, you tend to have a higher level of tolerance when it comes to risk. Sure. And you don't worry as much about protecting it as, oh, well, if I lost that couple hundred thousand dollars, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal because I have seven million dollars, you know, or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's thinking like that. So high net worth people tend to take more speculative risks with chunks of money than lower net worth people do. And so, um, and, and they don't feel the effects of that decision going bad because they have other money to prop them up. But when they are retired, that money is not so easy to replenish because they're no longer earning. 
anymore. They're just sure. spending or their assets might be earning, but they might be a liquid like we, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So if you have um, large amounts of money when you retire, you do have to approach your investments a little bit different because the level of speculative investments that you're willing to take should gear down. Okay. Because if you lose that money, it's a more permanent type of impact on your your life and your lifestyle than it was when you were still working or still in an earning money or maybe business ownership type of phase. Right. So, all right, we have a great seminar coming up on September the 28th. We're going to actually dive into some things that are, are more unique to higher net worth people at this seminar, like taxation in retirement and making sure that you can turn things into strategic income streams in ways that are tax managed and effective for you. So join us, go out to our website. You can register right on there. And uh, we hope you've learned a few good things from this (laughs) topic, retirement for high net worth people. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.